Um, I feel good about this sermon. I feel good about what God is saying. Um, someone asked me, they said, well, what are you preaching? And I said, um, you know, or are you feel, do you feel good, rather, about what you're preaching? And I said, yeah, I do for this particular one. I don't often always feel that way about everything that God gives me to say. As a minister, sometimes you may share things that you don't, you're like, well, that's good, God, but... It hasn't, it's not as exciting as I would want it to be, um, in my own personal opinion. I think it's all God's word is good, but there's certain sermons that he gives you, you just, you're just glad to share it because it's ministering to you as well. And this is one in particular that's ministering to me as well. And I'm hoping today that it does the same for you. Now, we're going to continue our sermon series um, some of the spirit where we've been dealing with the spirit of God and things concerning the spirit. And a lot of us have been attempting to seek God and his spirit. Amen. And today I just thought that we would just go into the book of Acts, the first chapter, starting at the first verse. We're going to read that. I'm going to give you my theme and give you what the Lord has given me to share. All right. It says, or it reads, in my former book, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach. Well, the last service caught that laugh. I didn't say that one word. (laughs) So I want y'all to say it. What does that word say, Theo? Oh, you're so smart. In the former book... I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gather around him and ask him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates the father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going. When suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them, men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go in to heaven. Now, I read that and often other ministers have went a different route with it and that's after the Holy Ghost has come and different things along that line, and I have too. But this particular time when I read the scripture, something struck my attention. I wondered 
what was it like waiting for what they felt God had promised them? It was very interesting to me (laughs) because I felt like, hmm, they seen this Jesus go up and say to them or promise them that he was going to come another way. I can only imagine what it felt like or what was their experience during that waiting time. Some theologians have stated that it was 500 people when he ascended there. It was 500 there. But it's recorded that only 120 was in the upper room. You wonder now what happened? I can only imagine in dealing with people as a leader, you can only imagine what all transpired during that time. It was only a few days. But lock us in this auditorium for 10 days. Can you imagine all would take? It's only a few days, but my God. There will be all kinds of questions and disagreements and concerns and why and who and what, and I'm out of here. Because <laughs> so much happens during that period. So, if I could choose a theme for today, I would like to choose this one. Surviving the weight of waiting. I believe a lot of us is right here. How do you survive waiting? Pray with me. Father God, we thank you for allowing us to be here. Give us what we need, and we're going to thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, surviving that is sometimes very challenging. A lot of us may not be waiting on the Holy Spirit. Some may be continuously waiting on that now. But we're waiting on different things in our lives. Some may be waiting for a breakthrough, so to speak. Some may be waiting for answers that they need so desperately. Some may be waiting for direction from God. Some may be waiting for God to help with reconciliation with different ones that they've had discord with or needs forgiving. Some may be looking for a spiritual awakening where the light bulb come on and you just feel jubilated. Some may be waiting for hope or inspiration because you feel hopeless. It's so many different things that you can be waiting for. And somewhere you may was given a promise or feel that God said that you're going to get it. Have you ever received the prophecy before? How many has received the prophecy? Okay. Sometimes you received the prophecy and it didn't happen right away. It didn't ha- took a while. To the point where sometimes you may even took in, taken the position of when you see somebody walking in there getting ready to prophesy, you're like, oh, God. And you put on your Minnesota nights and you just act like, oh, yes, what, yes, what do you have to say? <laughs> Even though you're glad to receive it, but you're like, well, I'm still waiting on this other prophecy to come to pass. And here you're about to give me another one. 
So we find ourselves, we have, in the position where we got the promise or we have the faith and we're waiting for the fulfillment of the promise. We're waiting. Mm -hmm. And that can be a very challenging place to be in. Why? Because the waiting period can be the devil's playground. That's when he gets in there and have a field day. <laughs> Starts all kinds of trouble. They really enjoying this message over here. God bless y'all. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> he has a field day during that time. Amen. Where he tries to convince you to feel a certain way or think a certain way. Now, I'm going to start doing this thing, and it's called a vulnerable moment with Pastor Tommy. <laughs> I feel as a leader, it's interesting to sometimes put yourself out there. Amen. I'm seeing a Christian counselor, and I told him I would be doing this, and I said, you know, um, what do you think about that? He said, yeah, you, you, that'll be good. I'll meet with him tomorrow, so if you guys are not nice to me, I will report that to him. <laughs> and so, during this time of waiting, the devil could use things that are valid or sometimes even challenging in your life. One of the things that is challenging for me that I went through for the, maybe in my last season was I went through this moment of not feeling loved. And I know you're saying, well... That's a, you? Yes. Because I felt people love maybe the gifts or my personality and those things that I bring to the table. But do they love Tommy, the man, the person? And I felt in many times and many times that maybe they don't. And the devil would use that to try to manipulate me even during the times of waiting for, a, for the for fulfillment of a promise that God may even have for me. Like, well, maybe you're not good enough for that. Maybe that'll never happen for you. Yeah, he uses it. I guess God heard my little prayer and seen my little thoughts. Um, my biological father from Alabama called me this week and he said, um, me and your auntie's coming to see you. I said, you is? He said, we want, he'd never been here before. He said, we're taking our vacation time. We can go anywhere, but we want to go, we want to spend it with you. I said, well, bless your heart. And then, before he hung up, he had never said this. He's from the South, you know, and they're really rough down there, the men, amen. And he said, I love you. I said, you do? <laughs> said this to my father, amen. And it was nice. God must have felt like you need I hear your little prayers, and I don't want you to believe such a thing. That was nice. But what helped me to accept that or even have that experience is the fact that I owned it. I allowed it. I identified it, and I dealt with it. Now, see, sometimes we'll stuff things or hide it and don't deal with it, and that's when the enemy comes in there and uses it against us to create untruths in our lives 
so that you won't get to that promise. It's all a trick to keep you bound and in a place where maybe you'll grow weary in well-doing or you will faint or you will give up. So he said, I'm going to use something that is probably valid, a hurt, or pain, a situation in your life. I'm going to now use it against you. That's what the devil does. That's why I call it the devil's playground because you're vulnerable during that moment of waiting. You're kind of out there. You don't know. You're not certain. You understand? About things. Well, I do have something that you probably should consider doing. And that's taking on the shield of faith. Now that's over there in Ephesians. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming areas of the evil one because he's going to throw them. Now I have some props because I'm Tommy, amen, and I like doing these things. And I want to demonstrate to you what happens when you have that shield and when you don't have it. Now, Josh, as he's always come up here, sir, thank you. He's my guy that always helps me, bless his heart, and he does it so well. Yes, you're going to be the devil today, amen. Uh-huh. <laughs> and the devil throws these fiery darts, the Bible says. Now, that ball may not feel like a dart, but I don't want you to throw a dart at me. I don't feel like that today. Amen. But usually when he throws it, it hurts, is what the Bible's trying to say. And when he throws that ball at me and I don't have the shield, usually this is what I try to do, throw it at me. Oh, you got me that time. Last time they didn't get me. <laughs> All right, I want to dodge it, but <laughs> and it takes energy and work when you have to dodge it. Okay, come on. You're pretty good. Oh, wait. Okay, there you go. You missed me that time. Give him the ball. All right. Now, I'm tired. See, dodging, it takes work when you try to dodge it on your own. But when you take the shield of faith, it's a different playing field. <laughs> throw it now. Throw it now. I ain't even had to do anything. <laughs> did, did I move? Throw that ball. It just blocks it. All right, throw it again. Okay, I'm breaking the umbrella now. All right. <laughs> It feels good when he throws it pretty hard. Last, he wasn't as hard as Josh. Listen, the shield protects you. The shield of faith. But a lot of times when you don't have that shield up, you find yourself doing more, you know, trying to block the thoughts and fix the problem, deal with the feelings, deal with the anxiety. I like that the Bible said shield of faith because I can hold it up against the dart 
when the devil throws it at you. Now, what is faith? Uh-huh. And that's over there in um, Hebrews. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. That's faith. Substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. In other words, I don't have what I'm believing God for invisibility, but I believe I'm hoping. That's what you got to have in order to deal with those darts. All right? Tell me or just name some of the things that the devil throws at you. Discouragement. Give me some more. The past. Woo. Depression. Fear. Lies. My God. And does those things just weigh you down? And you feel like giving up, quitting. Because it's too much. All of this happens a lot of times during this period of waiting. I don't got the promise fulfilled yet. And it makes you or you feel weaker at that moment. And you're waiting for God to do something or to fulfill the promise that he's made. Well, what do you do in the meantime? If all of this is being thrown at you and all of this is happening, what do you do in the meantime? What do we do? We seek God's presence. Why do we seek God's presence? And that's over there in Psalm 1611. Thou will show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. I don't have the fulfillment of the promise. I'm sitting here waiting. This is what those individuals, I believe, the 120 that hang in there, that's what they decided to do. I'm just going to seek, we're just going to seek God's presence until he comes. Well, the children of Israel didn't take that advice. You remember them? When they left Egypt and they was in the wilderness, the Bible says, or I believe it was recorded, I don't know if it's the Bible, but I believe it was stated, that the journey that they had was about nine days. But they was in the wilderness for how long? Forty years. <laughs> what was they doing? <laughs> I don't know what they was doing. All right. Okay, y'all going to hate me for this. I want everybody to get up and go to this side of the room. Everybody. Praise the Lord. Oh, y'all look so good. Amen. All right. Okay. All righty. Everybody's going to that side of the room. room. Oh, y'all look so good. It's, we should do this more often. Amen. Now, 
It only takes, how long y'all think it's going to take us for everybody to make it over there? 60 seconds? 30 seconds? All right. Okay. How long, John? Two minutes. Lord, have mercy. Why would it take so long? Oh, because some people are sitting down over there. Somebody got a baby. <laughs> Somebody's getting tired of standing already. Somebody feel uncomfortable because they feel like I don't know these people. So I'm Moses, and I'm over here, and I'm, you know, giving, getting instructions from the Lord, and y'all are waiting for me to come with my instructions. Ooh, I know you feel uncomfortable already. Because what is he doing? How long is it going to take him? I'm getting hungry. I'm getting tired of standing. But you're waiting. What does that feel like? Can somebody say it real quick? It feels uncomfortable? Are you getting angry with me? But what are you supposed to do in the meantime? Didn't I just say it? What should y'all be doing right now? Seeking the presence of the Lord. And how are we going to do that? Now, somebody lead us into how are we supposed to be seeking the presence of God? Somebody do it right now. Okay. All right. So, let's all just go seek the presence of the Lord. And this is how we're going to do it. See, I'm Moses. I don't supposed to be telling you, but y'all supposed to come up with this. And so, but in the meantime, I'll tell you. So, let's sing. Let's say, hallelujah. Sing. Huh? Because y'all are waiting. <laughs> oh, that sounds beautiful. Do it again. <laughs> Hallelujah, Jesus. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Now, while you was doing that, all of a sudden, the anxiety of standing and not knowing what to do, it became lighter. Not that it went all the way, way, but it didn't matter, did it? It's like, it's all right. We're praising God. That's what you do while you're waiting. You seek God's presence. Was that good? All right. You can take your seats now. Amen. Praise God. Let me see how long that takes. Amen. <laughs> Come on, worship band. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, y'all did better than the children of Israel. You did pretty good. <laughs> Amen. Thank you, Lord. Surviving the weight of waiting. How many feel that they're in a position in their lives or in seasons where you feel like you're waiting for something? Amen. These are just a few nuggets of how to survive 
That word survive means to come through, to make it. It's all right. There is a promise. Even for our community at Mercy Vineyard Church, there is another side. And I want you to make it to that other side that even, that's even better than where we're at today. There is a fulfillment of the promise in your own individual life. God is going to bless. But in the meantime, we're going to seek his presence. We're going to get in his presence, and that's where the fullness of joy comes from. For a long time, the African-American churches down through the years, people would wonder why would they be so expressive in their worship and in their praise, and wow, they just would just be all into it. And it looked like they was forcing themselves sometimes to just praise God. You know why? Because they was going after something that was in God's presence. So that when they came from, they came in the church oppressed, downtrodden. But when they got done, they left lifted. Amen? They left feeling better. That's a good, that's, that's, I like that. There's nothing wrong with that. Now, you may not want to do it like them. What did they be shouting and rolling all over the floor? There's my sister. You've been in that. She's been, she didn't roll before. Don't act like just because you're at mercy <laughs> that you ain't never shouted before. I've rolled a time. And you've rolled a few times. So have I. I admit it. I confess. <laughs> but what was we doing? We was trying to praise the Lord. But did you feel better when you got done rolling? Yes, I did. Say it in the mic. Yes, I did. Amen. God bless you. Seeking God's presence during the waiting. Stand to your feet. This is what's going to happen.